welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky, I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Mom and I are in the same place. Yay. One more time. One more time before so, traveling 3,000 miles across the country, 2,444. Something like that. Yep, <laughs> something close. So, this is, uh, episode's going to come a few days late, but that's what happens around the holidays. And we're going to talk through 2019 and usher in 2020, the new decade, the next roaring 20s. Everybody was making a big deal about it. It didn't even occur to me. I was just like, it's going to be the New Year's. And then everyone's like, it's the end of a decade. It is. And I thought, oh, but when you get to be my age, the decades don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? It's still a day today. Do you feel a decade older? (laughs) So one of the big questions that you asked me is, what were you doing? No, you didn't ask me, but what, what were you doing 10 years ago? Right. That was a big change. You were quite different. I don't feel like I was that much different, but our life circumstances were really different. Yeah, it was a third of my life ago, so <laughs> it was pretty different. For me. <laughs> I was in the height of parenting because I had a 6-year-old, an t- 11-year-old, and a 13-year-old. Yeah, 6, 11, and 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mom and I looked through pictures, and um, that that's always a good jog for the memory. It's just like so shocking to look at how young everyone was. What was happening was. back then? Yeah. yeah. I graduated 8th grade. How much younger we looked. Who was wearing braces? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're all little tiny kids. Um, and I told mom, this is going to be the 10-year uh, anniversary of me going gluten-free. Oh, and she's an inch taller than she was back then. <laughs> <laughs> no good. If a you whole had, inch in 10 years. <laughs> if you had started eating that way when you were little, you'd probably be taller than me. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Who knows? But that's, I mean, that's good. I mean, there's a full decade of, of having an immune system, which mm-hmm. is a great thing. Yeah. And we were also thinking about what are some of the podcasts that we did in the past year that we've grown from. And, oh, yeah, little uh, chickens. Yeah. We did an episode on epic optimal health. Is there anything we've changed in our lives from talking about that? The one thing that comes to mind for for me that I told you about what you did when you got sick recently was the bone broth. Yeah, yeah. I think around the time we did the epic optimal health episode, I had laryngitis. Was that before or after that? It was it was around there. Sometime. It was after. after. So you, we did the epic optimal health, and oh, then, and then I got sick. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, that's true. Um, yes, and all the things you you told me to do for laryngitis, I've just started to like put in my brain is like this is just a thing to do right away. If you do all these things right away, you'll probably like kick a lot of it out. Mm-hmm. One, what that really means is you have to treat yourself as if you're sick right away. Because yeah. we're a busy busy people and it's easy to be like I'm fine I'm fine and just like go about the day and be a little miserable um so I think one thing I'm learning is just to like when I know fully that I am sick mm-hmm. but it hasn't come to its height yet mm-hmm. that's the day to take off yeah and just really trick it, try to kick it I've heard so, people say that um for me it's the uh stinging sensation I get like in the back of my throat oh. or uh, um, in my nose, we'll start if it's a cold kind of thing. Right. 
And sometimes I don't know if it's allergies or if it's a cold, but if I treat it either way, like I can take nettle if it's allergies Mm -hmm. and then that makes me drier. It works like an antihistamine. Right. Um, But also if I drink loads of fluids or take the bone broth, then that cuts it out. Yeah, what I did when I had laryngitis, I did it for like four or five days in a row to just like really try to help my body because I didn't want to take antibiotics. But I, I did. I drank a ton of bone broth. I you did. bought more than two containers. Yeah, when I did laryngitis, I had, I probably had a container a day. Oh, and for then like I did, four days. Yeah, and then I I did a ton of ginger and lemon and honey water. Mm. Ginger, lots of ginger and honey, and I took long Epsom salt baths, and then like wrapped myself up and and went to oh. sleep. And the bath, I don't love baths, but uh, like the sitting yourself in a long Epsom salt bath where I like continually added, like drained a little bit and added steaming hot water to make mm-hmm. it like as hot as I could bear mm-hmm. while I drank bone broth, and you just like feel your whole body it becomes a little like a sauna. You're sweating it all out. That's really good. And then to sleep. That was, that was helpful to me. The grated ginger, we did grated ginger last week because Audrey had a cold mm-hmm. and lemon with honey. That was mm-hmm. really nice. Raising E. So that's a good one. Good check-in for that podcast. <laughs> what other podcasts did we do this year? The strengths. How do I see them working ah. in my life? And where have they been too, like, too strong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and where uh, have they been a shortfall? Well, you know, it's always funny to talk about something like the Strengths Finder after being with family because family is, has the longest history and the most baggage. It's mm-hmm. like the best and the worst always. It's weird and wonderful, as Dad likes to say. Oh, yeah, you made a comment about it, about your strength. Today, yeah, yeah, because um, it's just everything's heightened when we're together and we've been together for 10 days now as a whole family. Mm-hmm. So I have often in my brain that my first, my top strength is harmony. Mm-hmm. And in my life in New York, that's mostly an asset because I don't have as much history with everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to just use it as the good part of harmony, which is to like sort of preempt, see preemptively where in 15 minutes this is going to become more than a good conversation and sort of like redirect people and mm-hmm. um, keep everyone working together. But when it comes to the family... This happens a little bit with my roommates because they're the people I live with there, too. The harmony strength makes me pretty stressed sometimes here. Hmm. Because I know everyone pushes each other's buttons more easily. Mm -hmm. And we have to, like, practice coming together and living as a family now that we we mostly live apart from each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's very stressful to ask for anything on my own because I know other people will have to concede to that. And I, then, ah, it feels like <laughs> terrible because that's just asking for there to be tension. Mm-hmm. I would just like to never do anything for myself and have it all be fine between you people and I'll just scurry around. But of course that's not healthy. So mm-hmm. learning that balance is always more stressful with family. Yeah, and you had an incident last week where you said it flared up and you were doing um, harmony, problem solving. Yeah, we were all us. talking as a family and it was getting heated in our... But like you are helpful. Actually, I think that you were helpful in it, and you used your harmony as an asset, but it was a little draining for you. It was just draining for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like it was helpful, and I didn't feel like I overstepped too much. It was just... And what was helpful was that I knew 
it was happening, I, I knew in my head, I could tell myself, I am actively using the harmony set, set here. <laughs> or That's I'm going to reflectively listen to each person and then just state that you can both have those opinions and that's okay, you know, and like really from everyone. But then I had to go upstairs and like take a deep breath because <laughs> I was well, really working we hard. Don't, we're not super practiced as, right. as having it in our um our family. So that's when, one of the saying. questions that you said, what would your tenure yourself say 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to know what your strengths are first. Oh, well, Talk about your strengths. well, that makes me think of it because, um, restorative is my strength. Whereas, oh. like seeing problems and things. Right. So the question um, was, what would your tw- 2010 self think about your 2020 self? Um, and I, my response to that is I would be pleased with my growth Good. in, in uh, speaking respectfully and speaking up and having a voice and an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been growing in that a lot. Which, whereas some points in life, it's like, might have come across that, oh, I'm just fine, you know, like someone else can direct the ship, which a lot of times is true, but part of it's because they haven't checked in with my opinion. Mm, And mm. so, um, and then to check in with my opinion means wrestling with harder topics and beliefs and things like that. And so I didn't grow up in a family culture that did that, and so that was like kind of less present on my mind when I, 10 years, ten years ago, ago when, when you mm. guys were much younger. Yeah. But it is something that I'm really glad we've grown in and I can't change the past and don't want right. to right. regret it. But, um, I'm glad for growing and being able to consider my opinion and, um, state it. And then if I have opinion later, to, cir- to use the phrase circle back, I'd like to circle back on this. So for me, restorative is to be able to go come back and go, you know what, I have more questions about that or I have an opinion about that that I didn't get to share kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I um, had a similar response to the other question for going into 2020, which was what did you learn in 2019 that you want to like keep with, keep up with and mm-hmm. continue in in 2020? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... I think what I learned a lot of last year, the that it's okay to have an opinion and share an opinion and stand by something at one point. And also it's okay to circle back later and be like, mm, I want to update that. I don't, because mm. I think I, I have a tendency to not share anything because I know that it could change and I don't want to share anything until I know for sure that it's pristine. All vetted. It's all vetted. <laughs> all yeah. the drafts are I out. Do a lot of drafting beforehand. Yeah. Which is, I mean, at some sometimes there's there's good things about that, but that's not the way life works in general. So, um, that yeah, it's it's okay to have one thing now, and then maybe it'll change, and that doesn't mean that the first thing wasn't also true for me. And and learning to express express deep hard feelings with words, yeah, <laughs> rather yeah. than sideways or anything like that. But and um learning to express when I'm not satisfied with the response to my words rather than just sucking it up stewing over it stewing over it or becoming hypersensitive about it but to speak up and say that's not the response Mm -hmm. I need Mm -hmm. right now I need just a listening ear response Mm. and um solutions and suggestions are can come later (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's, I mean, saying it like that is 
really helpful because it tells the other person, I do want to hear from you. Yeah. Just not yet. <laughs> I need the positive feedback, which was kind of cool. You told me you did that when you had um, the play that you were in over Christmas. Yeah, that's the thing I've started telling people as they come to shows, especially with Dad, because he and I love to nerd out on all of the technicalities. Ways to, yeah, ways to make a show better. His strengths maximizing. Yes, exactly. But you got you to start with the good things. So I tell people that come to the show, when I come out, just tell me it was really great. And we'll all have a great time. And then when we get out of the theater after like 20 minutes, then I really do want to hear all of your critiques about the whole thing. I just need the very first moment to just be celebratory. It's so healthy to say that. That is something um, Daddy and I learned early, I think in marriage counseling 27 Mm -hmm. years ago. We We were told you don't love someone less when you ask them to tell you that they love you or you love them or that mm. or what you need. Like, right. When That's I true. first went into marriage, I thought, you love me, so I can expect that you can read my mind pretty much. Right, right, <laughs> And right. that you'll meet all of my needs without more me having to say it. more romantic when it's a surprise. It. Yeah, that it's, it's less authentic if I need to ask for it. Mm-hmm. And that's just a myth and a lie and probably perpetuated by entertainment and yeah, exactly. things like it's that. Movie thing. Yeah, screens and things like that. Um, so I guess I learned that a lot better this year. But I like the being able to say, either just empathize with the person or say, this is what I love, mm-hmm. first of all. Mm-hmm. And I learned, uh, I learned that from Daddy, this is what I love, this is what I like, this is what I have questions about. Mm-hmm. He said I, he gives creatives that kind of feedback all the time in that order. But um, he doesn't always do that with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, family is so much harder and, and you, you let your guard down and then you forget to still use the really honoring parts. It's of, so interesting. Communication. It's all, yeah. Because the, honor, that I mean, type of communication is just all about honoring. And it, it does take more energy to be honoring. It does. So when you want to let your guard down, you think about like not having to use the energy. You do have to use the energy mm-hmm. still to be honored. Yeah, but if you want to be heard and but it's worth it. Yeah, I just read. Okay, this kind of segues into another topic, but I mm-hmm. just finished reading um, to Obama. Yeah, which was uh, a book about the letters and the correspondence that Obama had over his eight years of his presidency. And the Office of Presidential Correspondence. It was mostly about the Office of Presidential Correspondence and how they got letters and what they did with them and how he actually read 10 letters a day. Anyway, they reviewed afterwards what the culture was like that they created with his 10 letters a day that he read and that they were circulated among the staff in the whole Mm -hmm. um, White House. Uh And they became known as Friends of the Mailroom. Because people started really enjoying reading the 10 letters a day that he wrote. Mm -hmm. But he responded back with a lot of personally written notes. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said it was about creating a culture of empathy. He said there's always hard things to talk about in every presidency. Every topic can be galvanizing from one side to the other. Right. But he said reading those 10 letters a day and responding to them personally created that culture of empathy. And I think that that's what the, any kind of honoring totally. communication does. And, but that takes, that takes growth on the listener's part to not 
especially when it's the family, to not right. take it personally, not get overly sensitive, a little bit. to separate your luggage from somebody else's mm-hmm. luggage, <laughs> and go, okay, we're all talking about your luggage right now, mother, <laughs> over here. Um, yeah. That's all tricky. So I've really grown in that this year, so I'm glad. And um, if I was going to think of a word of the year, I was thinking about that because I started to hear people talk about that. What's your word for the year? For next year or for yeah. the last year? No, for next year. Okay. For this year. Ah, it's the second year. <laughs> 2020. Right. One, two, 2020. Um, I would say it's persist for me. Last year it was step forward. That was uh-huh. very clear. And so this year I would say it's persist. But I've had a little bit of time to think about that. Do you have a word that yeah, pops I, into your mind? Ah, no, I actually, I thought about that earlier today because my roommate um, always has a word of the year and she gets it printed on a key so that she has like a necklace. Oh, does it. she have several then? Mm-hmm. She has like wow. three or four um, word necklaces now. But um, she's been thinking about it the last like week and journaling and praying about it and such. And so I can't give you a word right now because I don't, ha- I haven't done that work. <laughs> Because you're a five on the any account, and you have to. Because I'm about a five, it. and I that's going to take a long time to it has figure to out. Come out without a rough draft. Um, Definitely not. A rough draft happens that in your head. That is too anxiety-inducing to try to um, stick to a thing right now that I have to carry all year. But I will say that last year, my best friend gave me a necklace that said "Stay the Course," mm. and that I sort of claimed as my year for 2019. That that was really helpful. That's good. Definitely true for me. That's that works with persist. Mm. Maybe you'll pass that necklace on to me. Sure. <laughs> so that was the the most recent book you read, Mom. We decided to go through and and make a list of the books that we read throughout the year. And I just would like to warn everyone ahead of time that Mom's list is twice or three times <laughs> as long as mine, and I'm a little ashamed. <laughs> but also, I spent a lot of time listening to some great podcasts. And mm. since we read most books on audio, it's just like listening to them anyway. Mm-hmm. I might add some podcasts in as they another yeah. another type of writing. It's that like I, the chapters. It's like Charles Dickens when he would yeah episodic. Um, yep, he would put out a chapter a, a week. Now uh, the different networks have started to do that, like the Disney Network and the. You know, there's one new episode of The Crown out each week and one new episode of Mandalorian. It's back where we began. It's back where we began. We're waiting for next week's episode. Uh, So, yeah. So I'm going to add some of those to that because that is still, I mean, I have like some different types of information that I get from there every week. And I spend hours commuting and hours listening. Well, it's also interesting because of the nature of my two jobs that I do right now, teaching a parent education class and um, brain training. And so I've read a lot of books this year for for that. And um, and then just like so there's some personal development yeah. books this year that I have read. And then some fun fun books that I had recommended to me that I really enjoyed or I stumbled across you speed read (laughs) all the the titles and then choose like two highlighted ones oh okay well these aren't in order maybe a backwards order um to obama more than enough come as you are power of different faster than normal differently wired ghost at a watchman how to raise an adult revolution the Jesus I Never Knew, Crazy Rich Asians, The Kazden Method of Parenting, Gilead, 
Home Tonight, Codependent No More, and The Library Book. Well done. <laughs> I'm, I might have missed some because I don't remember back in the I, spring last year. It's like a lot year. to remember. Yeah, I do think um, that's, a, that's a good explanation for um, who you are. <laughs> it's like half education things and half it's fun things. novels. Yeah. And self-help things in there. And you have... All right, I'll, I'll speed read mine, and I'll add some podcasts at the end, and then we can go back through. Um, books. I reread three of my favorite high school books in a series. That was It's the Love Comes Softly series by Jeanette Oakey. Hmm. Um, Ghost at a Watchman, Born a Crime, Braving the Wilderness, If You Come Softly, A Field Guide to Getting Lost, and the Fred Astaire biography. <laughs> and then um, podcasts I listen to all the time. I love um, John Green and Hank Green, so I've listened to their podcast Dear Hank and John and John Green's podcast, The Anthropocene Reviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, the Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe is a really incredible short story podcast. In um, Just since Thanksgiving, I've really enjoyed listening to a few political podcasts every week for to keep updated because I haven't yet in my life otherwise. Um, so NPR's pop politics podcast and mm-hmm. the global podcast from bbc gives oh. a more well-rounded full view mm-hmm. trader joe's has a great podcast <laughs> it's actually really interesting i've learned a lot about spices and produce and all those types of things and the other one i'll say is the guilty feminist hmm. which is um hosted by a comedian from britain somewhere in britain and she interviews different other people um and her big thing she begins with uh i'm a feminist but which is awesome and very true for all of us where she'll be like i'm a feminist but i watched jane austen the other day and really wanted darcy to be my one (laughs) something that a feminist wouldn't say i you know i'm a feminist but i also changed my dress today because i thought it looked fat you know (laughs) Mm. which is true for all of us Feminists, and also, this is a struggle. I listen to uh, podcasts, too, but not quite as frequently as you because I'm doing the reading. But I love Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Mm. Um, I started listening this fall to Wife of the Party, which is a fun kind of podcast. It's a little on the long side for me. Mm. Um, The Moth is some really amazing stories. And uh, For the Love with Jen Hatmaker. She has kind of topical fun ones, which are interesting. Of course, I listen to the Tilt podcast with um, Debbie Reber about differently wired children. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Research. Yes, yes. Uh, I have other podcasts in my list, but I haven't really been listening. I do enjoy listening to Anthropocene Reviewed. Yeah, pretty regular. That's only once a month, so yeah, I can do that. Um, oh, the Learn Smarter podcast, which is also an educational one, mm-hmm. and sometimes I listen to Dear Hank and John. Oh, I just started listening to Adulting, which I found fairly funny. Um, but again, those are a little bit more come and go sporadic. Mm-hmm. Do you have a few from of books, book recommendations for twenty twenty, based on what you wrote read in twenty nineteen? Well, re- more my most recent one, of course, you heard about Dear, Dear o- To Obama, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. Um, Come, as, Come As You Are 
was a great book, which is about the science of sex. Oh, yeah, you said you loved it. I, um, I learned things by this researcher that I never knew before um, about the accelerator and the brakes and how much mm. happens in the brain and how similar men and women are and actually that men and women have more similarities than women and women do among each other and all these kind of crazy things huh. as far as their response physically and mentally yeah. to um, all things related to sex. So that was fascinating. Um, the, the books that I read about like differently wired and the power of different and faster than normal were all about differently, different brains, like ADHD brain, Asperger, um, autism brain, uh, but they're fascinating and I just love understanding a different population of people and he, the differently uh, the power of different talked about the gifts that people with differently wired brains bring to the world mm. because of their gift not in spite of their gift but and she goes through and lists people that have the autism spectrum or they have and she doesn't label them that way she has different words to describe them what are that are all euphemistic empowering uh-huh and so there's one person several doctors that are good at being the doctors that they are because of their differently wired brain there's this autistic oh. autistic doctor that has six different degrees mm-hmm. and he's so amazing at his surgery because he's a one person show because he never gets tired and he's so focused. He's like a brain surgeon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it's crazy. amazing. Um, there's people that have what's classified as bipolar mm-hmm. um, situation, um, but they are able to access things yeah. better than other people. So yeah. the power of different, I really, really enjoyed that. I spent a lot of time reading Home Tonight, by Henry Nowen and reflecting on what he had to say. I liked the book Home Tonight because he talked more about his personal life, Henry Nowen's personal life, mm. which was hard, and it, and it and he kind of went into why he was able to write the way he was able to write because oh, of his family history. And um, that was interesting because he's an amazing, deep writer, and I got to read where that some of that came from. Yeah. Mm. Then my fun books, Crazy Rich Asians. I read parts of the second and third sequel to those books, but they became a little bit too soap opera-y for me, and I just kind of skimmed them. But I enjoyed that. The library book is about the Los Angeles library fire that took place. Oh. So it's a... It's not a fictional book, but it's written kind of like a story. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty fascinating, really well written. But you get to learn a lot about the history of libraries. Love that. <laughs> so that was really <laughs> very cool. Those, those are the real standout ones. Of course, How to yeah. Raise an Adult is quite, quite a standout. It's true. Some of these you've, you've uh, already referenced throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, inspiring. Yeah. Elaine Walteroth was the youngest... Um, editor of Teen Vogue magazine, mm, mm-hmm. and she wrote uh, More Than Enough. So that was very inspiring. But yeah. she's kind of like one of those women that I look at and go, you are 
light years faster and <laughs> more ambitious than I am. <laughs> we need all types. Yeah, I've, she's very inspiring, but I don't ever, she, she's not something that I could ever compare myself to. Sure, sure. So, That's fair. That's but fair. I love reading about people like that yeah. and what it was like. I mean, just hearing about her, like, because she writes about her life as a child and she used to, like, put little magazines together on her own, cut up old magazines and create new pages and, and look boards and things like that. I mean, she, she just, just had that bug immediately. She was so single-minded yeah. as a child. So that was fun to see someone like that. Because I do know some people, you know, young people that are like that and think, oh, it's going to be fun to see where you go. Right. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about you in 10 years. Right. <laughs> but it's true. I think I, I mean, on the spectrum of things, I was more like that than... Yeah. Others were. I mean, I was creating shows for people to come sit and watch for as you long as You knew what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes you look at this person and you think, man, you are so creative. But it's like so many avenues. Mm-hmm. So then you get to choose one. Yeah. What about you? What were some standouts to you? Either books or... Um, or podcasts. Yeah. Um, the sh- the It's a kind of short young adult novel, If You Come Softly, by Jacqueline Woodson. It was so good. I for a while, I, um, I, I for a while was in, involved with Life's Library, which is a John Green, mm. um, and his whole company, uh, New Adventure, which is basically like a little book service. They they assign us a book and send it to you every month, and then there's like an online. A message board where everyone can talk to each other and then there's a podcast uh, on uh you know going through the book unpacking the book when the month is over um i'm not in it anymore just because i didn't end up reading enough of them quite so fast but that one was awesome if you come softly i just bawled was that the first one you read it was the first one yeah mm-hmm. it's pretty short it's an easy read because young adult mm-hmm. novel but it's really really good it's a really sweet love story of two young kids, but a lot of questions and um, interesting comments on culture and racism. And mm. uh, I, I think books that look through the eyes of children or children growing up are just really insightful because you start to you get to name things that we have become jaded by or just have like taken for granted mm-hmm. and or just taken in stride they, the world this is the way the world is and the child looks at it and is like what are you talking about like why are you just taking that at face value we could change that and they have a new in- inspiration to to change the world for the better mm-hmm. so i highly recommend that book mm. that sounds good um trevor noah's born a crime is great also yeah i read that year before it's last just, it's very honoring book. and insightful and interesting and super funny and funny funny yeah i will say that is a great audio book because he because he reads it. it which is perfect because there's actually a lot that he talks about growing up and learning all of these different languages dialects and languages and he uh-huh. so he gets to do them all here's a question what is one small change that you could make that would make a big difference in the new year oh for the thinker I'm putting you on the spot. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, I think uh, it would make a big difference to write a gratitude list every day. Mm. I think that'd be a small, feasible thing that would actually really change mm-hmm. me and the people around me because of that. 
just to practice gratitude more intentionally. Mm-hmm. I, little things, I mean, like, when I started doing Wisdom Wednesdays on Instagram, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I started, my ears and eyes just started perking up to little mm-hmm. quotes that I wanted to add to a, my database for Wednesdays. And so every time I read a book, mm-hmm. I'm, like, thinking through that, and I get to jot things down. So it would be nice if in the, that same sort of just part of my brain space um, mm-hmm. happened with gratitudes throughout the day. Because mm-hmm. once it's a habit, then I, I bet that throughout the day I would just, like, come up with another gratitude to write my list that night. Yeah, I like that idea. I am not a great nighttime list writer or doing anything at nighttime. That would be one small change that I could start this year. Only if it's helpful. <laughs> you don't have to write at night. Writing something down at nighttime. No, I would like it. I um I, I actually uh one small change I could make would be to set a timer for intentional reflection mm. because I do do well in the morning and I feel often that my day unravels and I get frustrated towards the end of the day and then I get into unhealthy habits and it has to do you know partly with eating and being mm-hmm. hungry and tired and all that kind of stuff and not eating the right kind of thing yeah <laughs> not fueling myself properly uh so I have thought that if I set myself a timer and then I actually take a pause in the in the day mm-hmm. that that might be uh helpful to me nice. and I, I set myself timers for other things so like when I need That's to in pick up house. somebody yeah so that is something that I like I could set myself a timer for that I have done um interactive gratitude for about six months and really enjoyed it so I will persist in that this year nice. and Good that job. is where I set my timer Mm-hmm. For five minutes and four seconds, so I get a chance to set my phone down. <laughs> um, and I write for five minutes what I'm thankful for. And sometimes it's more uh, more of a journal entry. But sometimes it's just kind of a list. But I'm writing to God. Mm-hmm. And then I um, turn around for the next five minutes and four seconds. Um, and I write as if God was writing to me. And I personify it. I think I've talked about this before. But um, it's been super edifying for me this year to say, this is what I think about what you're grateful for. First of all, thank you for pausing to say thankful. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's been really great. It reminds me of the Bible story where Jesus heals 10 lepers Mm. and nine of them go away. And one comes back and says, thank you for healing me. And he says, where are the other nine? And they didn't remember to say thankful, thank you. Mm. And it was, it's always so striking to me. And so that's usually my first impression that God is just grateful that I say thank you to him. and Acknowledge him. Uh, yeah, and smiles at me. And he's never condemning me, but he's said, I'm glad you're giving me some time. So I think spending time with him later in the day and set, intentionally setting a timer for that might be healthy for me. Gratitude and intentional timing. Here's to 2020. Here's to 2020. High five. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep, thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic, ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at hugandahighfivepodcast at gmail.com. That's hugandahighfivepodcast at gmail.com. All words, hugandahighfivepodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.